0: I'm going to press start. It's very good. I'm going to move my coffee close to my mouth right now. Good. (laughs) Welcome to the Book Squad podcast 94% bookish banter, 6% shenanigans. From Lawrence Public Librarians Kate Gramlich and Polly Kim. Hey, Polly. So here we are, coming to you from the Sound and Vision Studio in the Lawrence Public Library. We're home. hmm It was good last time. It was, yeah. And so I'm oh, excited. Nice. hmm
1: yeah.
0: It's very nice.
1: Um, so what do we got first?
0: Well, bookish news. Yes. I'm going to let you talk about the Hugo.
1: Um, the Hugo Award uh, for science fiction, fantasy. Hugo? Hugo. That's, or I guess the Danish Hugo. version would be... <laughs> Hugo award. <laughs> uh no, nope, it's just Hugo. Uh NK Jemison is the second winner of the uh of the Hugo. Um she, she is Nope, that didn't say that right. She's She's a, a two-time her, winner. She's a two-time winner. Not the second winner. She's the second, second winner. First she's the first winner for the twice. second time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and she's the first woman who's done that since 91 and 92. Uh, so Who did it in 91 and 92? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, it's, I think it was Lois Buhold, Um nice. I think. But someone can correct me that's, on that. Mm-hmm. I'll put that in the show notes. It, yeah.
0: Uh, you can you can write in mm-hmm. and tell us, and correct us that we're big,
1: big dummies. Dummies, yeah. Okay. Uh, the cool thing, though, about the Hugo Award was that women totally swept it. Um, they did. I, I saw that. Yeah, like... Um, in short stories and in novellas and um, in anthologies and in sci-fi magazines and stuff like well, that. Well, hold on. Hold on. Let's go back. Okay. What is the Hugo Award for? Sci-fi, fantasy, and speculative in general, I'm pretty sure. Nice. But And it's for um, – for fiction and also for like collection of fiction and um, and short stories, and then also um, periodical publications. So there was a magazine um, that. Uh, You know, I should remember the name of of So it's going to be robust (laughs) short
0: show notes. It is going to be robust show notes. Mm -hmm. But that's cool because, you know, that seems like that has not been female dominated. So I wonder what is happening Yeah, that women are writing really amazing speculative
1: fiction. Well, and I also wonder who the decision makers are for the Hugo. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they're actually diversifying the, the panel of judges. Yeah. And that would make a difference. Because, um, I mean, women have been writing awesome short, sci-fi for a long time. But right. it's just like, finally, it's just getting out there. Yeah. Um, Sean and McGuire won um, for novella, I think, for uh, Every Heart a Doorway. And I just read that one and the follow-up, Down Among the Sticks and Bones. And, ooh, they are good.
0: Okay. So I'll put good. that on my – see, I don't – that's a genre that I always – Overlook, but then when for some reason I do mm-hmm. read it, I am always like, "This is amazing! I know why don't yeah. I read more of this?" So yeah, um, yeah, I don't. I should be keeping. I should be keeping better track of that and and helping myself diversify um,
1: your genres and stuff. Yeah,
0: and do it in a conscious way because mm-hmm. if you just unconsciously reach for what you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. you're not going to branch out, right? Yeah, and then you're going to miss some really good stuff. So. I mean, well, there's nothing all- wrong with, oh yeah, loving a genre. Yeah, but, exactly. But helping yourself to to diversify would be. It's
1: also nice because I think like I th- was under the impression before I started reading sci-fi like years ago that sci-fi was more plot based, and it can be obviously. Um, and you know, fantasy is usually more world building, um, and those aren't really like the doorways that I mm-hmm. go for. I usually go for a character mm-hmm. um, and language and a lot of the sci-fi that I've read lately and the stuff that I gravitate towards is is very character focused um, mm-hmm. so it's it just depends on kind of what what kind of things right. you're into anyway yeah so that stuff is
0: out there so don't don't think that stuff doesn't exist mm-hmm. That's what you're saying okay well then I will talk about um, books to movies yeah. page to stage kind of stuff so Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe um, by let me get his name right. Benjamin Alire Sane? Science Science. I think I feel terrible that I am not getting that right. Um, and I'm going to talk about this book later. Actually, that book is being made into a movie, and The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas is being made into a movie. And that's fantastic. I mean, that's yeah, it's a first time book. She's a first time author, and they snatch that book right yeah, up, that and just they're came making out. it yeah yeah into that's amazing. a movie. So um, keep your eyes open for that. I'm assuming that's 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. I have no idea when it takes to make movies. Yeah, it takes a minute. I know, and they the release dates always get pushed back. But I think these will be two two really great movies. Cool, that's exciting. Yeah.
1: Well, that's our bookish news because we've got a lot of um, what's up in town news later. So we're we're gonna gonna just kind of go through it. Cut that short. So two book minimum. What you got? Yeah. Well, let's first preface
0: our two book minimum mm-hmm. this time. So we're doing a, something a little different. We're doing two books minimum to that read. we haven't read yet. Yeah. So there won't be the substantive discussion <laughs> of the book, but it will be a little. will be a little books. We're selling the book because we're about to selling reading. it to ourselves. <laughs> selling it to ourselves. So. Um, The first book is – the first book that I am about to read is Autumn by Karl-Uwe Knausgård. Yes. I got it. You got it. That was good. (laughs) Um, I stumbled on – him. I think he must have been on NPR or something like that Uh doing an interview talking about this book. And I – this might not have been something that caught my eye otherwise. Um, The only other thing I know – about him is that he wrote my struggle, my struggle which yeah. is like a 90 a f-
1: part yeah it's like five yeah. like five part, it's like five part. Like yeah. and
0: it, they're humongous yeah. volumes and um i was like that's fascinating and then i put it on the shelf and keep going yeah so
1: um it's like the harry potter of like one man's struggle <laughs> i guess so although I, I read harry potter i mean like size wise it is size wise
0: it's ginormo <laughs> But um, this I is actually not ginormous, and mm-hmm. the so it just sounded fascinating to me, and it was. It's a letter to his unborn daughter, mm-hmm. and then he adds a little bit onto it each month. But he read a little bit from it, and it was. I was like, oh, that's my jam. Yeah, that is totally you. It was so. It was so my jam. So um, this is apparently first of a four volume. Of course, yeah. Goodness, I know. Is it going to be so, autumn,
1: winter? spring
0: summer well that would make sense or is her was. name autumn good, good <laughs> autumn. 1, 2, 3, 4. good looking out um no i don't think her name is autumn but um so i yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read well no, i'll read from it so um he has one little he has an entry on blood that it says uh most of the body's interior its organs and moist cavities is pale in color in some places almost entirely colorless, like the brain's gray, in other places vague, watery, cloudy hues. This color palette is typical of things that grow inside other things, or beneath them, the flesh of seashells, maggots in the soil, clumps of seaweed underwater. The exception to this rule, in the body's interior, is the blood, which, with its fresh, strong, and bright red, seems to come from the outside, and to be more akin to the unquestioning green of grass and the sky's blue than to the murky gray beige brown of the intestinal wall.
1: Oh my! I know. I had never really thought about our organs as being sort of like the things that are hidden from the light, and therefore I know. Colorless. I know.
0: Way to go, dude! I'm gonna really like. This yeah, book. that sounds great. I'm gonna I'm gonna like that book. So, um, and then nextly, nextly, uh, Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. Again, by Benjamin Alire. Science. science. Science, I think. <laughs> I'm going to try really hard. This book has won a, a lot of awards. Um, it's won the Prince, uh, Stonewall Book Award, mm-hmm. um, Lambda Literary Awards. So this is about um, Dante and Aristotle, as mm. you might have guessed. And yeah. And in it, they discover the secrets of the universe. Nice. I don't know. Um Uh, from the book Dante can swim Ari can't Dante is articulate and self-assured Ari has a hard time with words and suffers from self-doubt Dante gets lost in poetry and art Ari gets lost of thoughts of his older brother who's in prison Dante is fair-skinned Ari's features are much darker it seems like a boy like Dante with his open and unique perspective on life would be the last person to break down the walls that Ari has built around himself so what I know about this book is every single person I've talked to, every single source mm-hmm. I've looked at, said, "Get your Kleenex out." Mm-hmm. So um, I like that. Oh, it's so beautiful. I like a book that makes me cry. So I was chatting with Fisher, mm-hmm. um, who is works here at the library. He's in our Info Services department, and he loves loves this book. And um, you know, he was telling me like, "Oh, you're gonna love it. It's got a lot of you know Latin." american sort of magical realism mm-hmm. type writing in it which i which i actually really like that um so i'm very excited and then he also said you're gonna cry, you're so gonna cry. <laughs> and are you and you're gonna listen to it um i think i am going to listen to it it's your boy um reading. or i might do both because yeah. and we'll talk about that in a little bit the uh-huh. listening and the and the reading but um yeah, so Lynn Manuel Miranda actually reads this book, and we mm-hmm. have it on Hoopla. Yeah, I believe, I believe so, so. Everybody can listen Just to listen it, all it all at together. the same time, yeah. and we're actually—I'm um, reading this for the sh- social justice book club this mm-hmm. month. So, um, social justice book club is reading this, and I'll be very excited to have the discussion with
1: them after. Yeah, we read it. That's well, my good. two books. Well, my two, my two to be read. Book Minimum, um, are both recommendations uh, by a couple friends. One is uh, Strange Practice by Vivian Shaw. just came out. It's the first in a series. Uh, my friend Hannah, who's a longtime Book Squad podcast listener, Aww. as long as you can for a 10-episode podcast, <laughs> uh, she told me about this one recently. It's about Dr. Greta Helsing, um, and she is a doctor to the undead. And I uh, don't... I don't, to, undead's not really usually my thing. Um, but she said that it's uh, really engrossing and really sassy and fun. Uh, so, Dr. Greta, she. Um, Let's see. So it says, keeping the supernatural community not alive and well in London has been her family's specialty for generations. Or something like her great-great-grandpa worked with with Von Helsing. Yes, exactly. I was like, that is. She dropped that. (laughs) She dropped (laughs) that. Yeah. She wanted to go simpler. Mm. Uh, She gets to fashion new bones for mummies uh, who are feeling the cost of entropy, (laughs) treat ear infections in baby ghouls, uh, see to the chronic pulmonary issues of the earthbound, earthbound demons, and secure... Cure human blood for polite vampires through her connections at local blood banks. Oh my god, (laughs) I want to read this book. (laughs) I know, yeah. (sighs) Uh, Hannah said that like the color, the characters are really wonderful, and um, it's just it's really well written and engaging and stuff. So I'm I want to read this (laughs) book. Okay, why do I have so many other books to read? It's a curse. Uh, It's a blessing and a curse. Oh my god. Yeah. So that sounds exciting. the other one was a recommendation uh, by Meredith, uh, who's also on the book squad. She texted me and said that, and I had just woken up on, from a nap. <laughs> as I do. You and your naps. And she was like, we have to talk about Uptown Thief. And I was like, is this a TV show? I don't watch TV. What are you talking about? She goes, no, it's a book. Why would I recommend a TV show to you? Uh, she just said that we have to, I have to read it so we can gush together. Uh, the author's website describes it as a Latina Robin Hood heist story. Is set in New York. Um, The heroine, she funds her low-income health clinic by running a high-end sex-positive escort service. Awesome. I know. (laughs) Inspirational. Uh, She also, (laughs) also inspirational. She robs from shady CEO dudes um, to give to impoverished uh, community. And so, sounds great. I'd like to be friends with her. Um, and the author herself, uh, Aya DeLeon, she uh, graduated from Harvard College, which is an offshoot from Harvard University. We looked up yesterday because <laughs> uh, we're from the Midwest. I uh-huh. am, and I don't know anything about It's Harvard. the undergraduate college.
0: Like the, uh, the of liberal arts university. university. Yeah.
1: Liberal, liberal yeah, liberal arts. So Harvard. And she has an MFA from Antioch. And she's been an artist in residence at Stanford and a Cave Canem uh, poetry fellow. And uh, she publicly married herself in the 90s, and from 1995 to 2012, she hosted an annual Valentine's Day show that focused on self-love. Isn't that wonderful? I love her.
0: Okay, so this is uh, real talk. If you marry yourself, what kind
1: of tax breaks do you get? Do you get get double? Do you get the the marriage tax credit? Well,
0: that's a good question.
1: I know. One of you better be on insurance, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Yeah. that She sounds amazing.
0: Yeah, she does. Aya DeLeon. Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, yeah, I'll let you know how that – that's also part of a series that I think is all about kind of um, – ba. can we say badass? Oh, Lord. I know. Well, last time I said B.A. and somebody didn't know what it meant. Badass. Badass. Women. That's okay. Yeah. It's a thing. Who are kind of like mm-hmm. doing good, social good, um – Mm-hmm. and uh, it's gonna be awesome so
0: yeah oh what was the name of that series did you remember was yeah it the oh justice? it was the justice oh, dang it, dang it. <laughs> this is gonna be a very rich show i know notes. yeah guys <laughs> we're gonna tell you all this stuff but later yeah thanks for listening exactly
1: <laughs> well so okay. that was our two book minimum <laughs> right we got, We've got autumn Mm-hmm. and um, Aristotle and Dante Discovered the Secrets of the Universe and Strange Practice and Uptown Thief. Okay. More info on all of those will mm-hmm. be in the show notes. <laughs> as as we said. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, oh, can what? I do a quick? Yeah. I totally forgot. I was going to mention the other book. I didn't look it up. But so um, uh, Aristotle and Dante, in case you didn't know, is a YA book. But um, Fisher was telling me about um, Benjamin writes all of these other books. And there's one specifically he mentioned, and it was short stories, and it was something like Things Begin and End at the Kentucky Club. Also, we'll clarify that (laughs) in the show notes. We'll just title this one the show notes episode. Um, But I wanted to get that in there because I thought – I had not heard that. Especially for people who – might want to read across like authors who write both YA and, mm-hmm. and adult books. So sorry, that was a little.
1: I wonder if that also has some magical realism stuff. I guess I would assume because mm-hmm. of his style. He's but... writing
0: from that perspective. Cool. So.
1: Okay. okay.
0: So sorry, so there's a I bonus. interjected that little That's bo- all right. bonus in there. Okay. She said, she said time. Yep. And what are we reading? We are reading Their Eyes are, Were Watching God by Zora
1: Neal. Kirsten. Uh, Except this for was, why I listened to it. That's all right. We started reading it. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was from 1937. And uh, we've got some sort of background info that we, we decided to withhold from one another yeah. until this. Uh, mm-hmm. But the reason why we picked this, and we'll go into this a little bit later, is that um, there is a Black Love Symposium um, being held by KU. And it's inspired... Um, by Zora Neale Hurston, and this book, and there'll be a marathon reading of "Their Eyes Were Watching God," and that is this coming month, uh, mid-September. Um, stay tuned in about twenty minutes, and we'll give you more information. <laughs> uh, but I thought that it would be really nice to, nice time to read this. Yeah, so.
0: I, I, it is a book that has been on my list of shame although you should never have a list of shame unfortunately you kind of do um those things that you know are amazing books and seminal works and so important and you just haven't managed to get to them yeah so um i was really glad that we were reading this this time and i uh i think we should do something that Different okay. that we never do, and that's actually explain the plot of the book before we start dissecting <laughs> it. What I know, I it's never, weird. Yeah. So, spoiler alert: oh. we're going to talk about. We'll just quick rundown. Yeah. Um, do you want to do that part or do no? You? <laughs> <laughs> so um, the book is about Janie, and the book opens with Janie coming back to her home. Um, and she's uh, she meets up with her friend Phoebe. Phoebe, and um, Phoebe uh, she walks past all the the women sitting on the porch mm-hmm. talking about her. And Phoebe's like, "What?" Because she left under sort of. Um, Circumstances she ran off with a younger oh, man younger named man. Tea, cake, tea Cake, um, who's apparently very sweet because mm-hmm. his name's Tea Cake, and uh, so that set the whole town uh talking. And then, so Phoebe is like, Uh, you got to tell me what happened because she comes back without Tea Cake, yeah. And then, so then she proceeds to lay down the story. You, you find out what happened, so she was forced into a er- very early marriage by her grandmother, mm-hmm. um. To a man and she just did a, not. No. Did to a not very love. older man. Um, and then she runs away from that marriage with another man. Um, Joe, Joe Stark. Joe Stark. Stark or Jody. Yeah. And um, actually starts off having a good marriage mm-hmm. with him, or as good a marriage as you can have in nineteen thirty seven I yeah. guess. Um uh, yeah, I guess there were good marriages. He promised a lot. He did promise a lot to her, and and she, you know, had some status. She she was able to um, have some experiences, but really, um, as their marriage went on, I think the thing that drew Joe to her, her mm-hmm. sort of spirit and everything, was the thing he decided he needed to break to in crush. her, uh-huh. and then she. He dies. Sorry, by Jody. Sorry, by Jody. He dies after. You know what? I can't remember. How long were they married?
1: Well, it's like twenty years. Twenty years. Or years ridiculous. Yeah.
0: He dies, and um, she's uh, she's in widowhood for
1: so forty. She's yeah, like young. She's forty.
0: Yeah. Um. Although Jody didn't say she was. Young. No, I know. Mm-hmm. 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 So um. Yeah. Anyways, so she uh. So tea cake shows up. Maybe like 25. Yeah. I don't know. Aww. And, uh, but she'd been widowed a little while. I don't um, know. Nine. No, yeah. It was nine like months, nine yeah, months yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah.
1: But she wasn't um, sad. Like she even said in there, she was like, I can, I'm only going to mourn as long as I grieved. And I grieved like right away. Like so. a
0: hot minute. Over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She wore, she wore the widow's clothes and then mm-hmm. moved on. And, um, so then she, um, runs off with tea cake and she has some self doubt about that. And, you know, she's, cause she is, older and um, and she had a lot of money after her husband yes, died. Yeah, she had a so. lot of money and so she was she was worried. And then they run off to the Everglades. The Everglades and work in the muck. Uh-huh. And um and they kind of like that life, mm-hmm. I think. And then comes up a hurricane. Uh-huh. Which was very interesting to be reading that right now. Right around Harvey, yeah. Because, you know, for yeah, for posterity we're recording this right after Hurricane Harvey has devastated, you know, parts of Texas, mm-hmm. so um, it was very descriptive mm-hmm. about running away, you know, running away from the hurricane, and then uh, she um, in the and What well, should and, we say?
1: I don't Do know. we want to? Well,
0: and then things spoil. happen. And things happen, and then she has to come back. And she has to come back without TK. <laughs>
1: Because oh, that's really the part of mm-hmm. the book. So um, it, it starts out slow, which is what we talked about. It's it was like, does. what do you say? It was like twenty five pages of her just being like, "Hey girl, I'm back." Hey girl. <laughs> it was like, hey girl. Or like them mm-hmm. speculating where she's been mm-hmm. and, and like gossiping about her and stuff.
0: Yeah, but it, then
1: it picks up. But then it picks up, and and
0: um, and that was a little, you know. So I'm always like, let's, go. Uh, you know, let's get a little move on. I mean, mm-hmm. I I have a high tolerance for. Um, you know, things that, yeah, for just stuff that people don't think is really going anywhere mm-hmm. I do have a, I mean obviously I'm gonna read this autumn book about <laughs> your, the interior of your body so, um, <clears throat> but I I was, you know, I was getting a little antsy like let's get to it, mm-hmm. and then and the other thing that we kind of talked about so if you have not read the book um, it's it's very heavy dialect mm-hmm. and so, well the um, the, you know, speaking parts are very heavy dialect. And then she kind of – it sort of vacillates between that heavy dialect. And then Zora and Neil Hurston writes this like, – Beautiful prose. Yeah, like beautiful prose, very like poetry and mm-hmm. insightful and all of this stuff. So you're kind of jerking back and forth between those two things. Mm-hmm. And that was a little hard for me. And I was surprised because I typically um, don't have a lot of trouble with books written in dialect. And maybe it was just the the particular way she wrote it. I mean – one of my most favorite books of all time, probably the most, favorite is The Color Purple, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. you know c- completely in Celie's dialect. And um, you know, I love Outlander. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, half, you could half of that, that is in accent. Scottish yeah. dialect. So um, but yeah, it was was it was a little hard going. Yeah, there. it was very and the and she wrote it like you said. It was written very much um like as you would say it. And so we, I was struggling, and it's like we, I is like right, ah a h yeah. And so um, I kept having to go back to make sure that I understood mm-hmm. what was being said. And so you and I were talking, and I was like saying how I was like uh, upset with myself that I was not catching this dialect. And we look to see, and it's on hoopla. Hoopla saves the day. Yay, hoopla! <laughs> um, and it's read by Ruby D, yeah. who is amazing. Just you know, she's an, an amazing actress. She passed away in, in 2014, I think. Mm. Um, but she's legendary, and she does a fantastic job. And so to listen, I mean, it was amazing to listen to. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like when I was reading Americana. Mm-hmm. It's a great book, um, but I felt like I was m- missing a because little of, like, bit. Because of the cadence of the language. Mm-hmm, the yeah. cadence. Yeah. And to listen to it was incredible. Right. That was really great. So, um, And so this s- one's only like six hours long? Yeah, it was right? just it's like six s- hours, 44 minutes. So okay. I actually um, – cleaned out all my drawers in my bedroom, got my th- them all organized. While you were listening to mm-hmm. it, oh, went, that's nice. went through my closet a little bit so you could just do some, you know, mindless stuff while you're really Yeah. the beauty of audiobooks, uh-huh. everyone. Let me tell you. Don't
1: try to like work while you're listening to an audiobook though that, that to me that doesn't work.
0: No, I can't do anything that requires thinking thinking mm-hmm. at all. And so even, like, sorting through paperwork and stuff.
1: Yeah, no. If there's, there's like, words in front of me uh, while I'm listening to an audiobook, something's got to give. I think
0: some folks can do that. My Mm -hmm. husband listens to audiobooks while he – but he does a lot of spreadsheet work. And for some reason he's able – I can't do that anyway. I know. know. (laughs) He can do that. So so the audiobook was good. The audiobook was amazing. And I think the audiobook is a good point of entry – Anytime a book has, you Mm -hmm. know, dialect stuff going on um, or just, you know, maybe if it's a – like it's been translated and, you know – it's a place where you're not familiar with uh or what have you, yeah. So I think audiobooks can really um, be that – I wonder if – have you listened to –
1: just as a side note, did you listen to Outlander on audiobook? I started
0: to, but I didn't – and a lot of people love it. I wonder if I would get into that. A lot of people love it. I didn't love it as much. The thing that I love about Outlander so much is that she that she creates a really rich sense of place, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. I think for me, um, I don't know. Maybe I should try it again. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should withhold judgment. That's what try, maybe, maybe that's try it again. Where I'm But I really, I mean, I listened to the um, Game of Thrones books, yeah, because also I had to like feed my children and whatnot at some point yeah, so much feel. they're so big that the books yeah I was children. like after about like I took me about a week to read it and then the kids were like you're back mom and uh, then I was like oh yeah mm-hmm. oops, I better listen to that one
1: <laughs> but again so yeah audiobooks if it's a thing you can't really get into reading wise especially like mm-hmm. this book since it's so dialectical dialectical
0: I don't think that's a word. Well, I, I think it's a word, but I don't think it's the word that you. Dialect think it
1: is. filled, uh, and <laughs> I do not think that word means. What you think it is. <laughs> I know, exactly. And it's based in oral storytelling tradition, so it yes. makes sense to listen to it. Yeah, um, but I
0: think. Oh, I. I mean, when you listen to it, like the little when the characters are like going at going each other and, forth, and they're yeah. having like little insults, yeah, playing the dozens or whatever, oh God, they're just yeah. like, dip,
1: dip, 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 and you're like, this is way better than reading it. So maybe um, I should, even though I really enjoyed reading it, I should I should listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there was one part where it's uh, it's earlier on in the book. Um, it's about seventy pages in, and she's with Jody, and she's not happy. And uh, he's started he's putting her down and just kind of making it seem like she's worthless, which is kind of a an ongoing thing in the mm-hmm. book. But she, and she said she didn't read books, so she didn't know that she was the world and the heavens boiled down to a drop. It's just be- like there are so many, I would say self-affirming, but since it's an non- omnipresent narrator, mm-hmm. it would be like other affirming. But there are just so many beautiful right, confidence building sort of parts. Yeah, where
0: she, I mean, that I think that is exactly true. Like that is one, for me, mm-hmm. one downside of, especially if I'm reading it to talk about on the podcast, mm-hmm. one downside is that if I'm doing other things, I'm not like writing down okay that thing because there were a lot i mean there were a lot of moments of that where um she just had oh, yeah. this i loved the part oh, let me i love the part where she um said like that springtime and what is it pol- yeah, pol- like her pollen poetry and stuff yeah, like that her, yeah there's oh, that. that's a recurring theme through the book of, like, springtime and petals mm-hmm. opening and pollen dusting. And, like, that's her, that's the indicator to you in the book, like, when she is feeling herself and mm-hmm. she realizes her worth. And so there are times when that happens um, throughout the story. And then, you know, again at the very end, mm-hmm. you know, where she she realizes that too. I mean, she, it's, she's the very most bloomed, mm-hmm. you know, that she will be. That's beautiful. But um, it's, yeah, there's some, there's some, like, I keep being like, okay, this was 1937 when this <sighs> was written, uh-huh. you know, 1937, and, you know, I my understanding is Zora Neale Hurston did not have a very good life.
1: No, and she no. died poor and mm-hmm. unknown. Yeah. Yeah, so she's... The she's, beauty of writing that mm-hmm. for one of your characters is just... It's just incredible. Yeah. There's one other... Um, it's Yeah, it's a lot of visual imagery and a lot of metaphor. Um, it says she had found a jewel down in herself and she wanted, She had wanted to... Sorry. She found a jewel down in herself and she had wanted to walk where people could see her and gleam it around. Um, and she's talking about kind of um, when... It says, when God had made the man, he made him out of the stuff that sang all the time and glittered all over... Uh and then the some angels got jealous and chopped him into a million pieces, but still he glittered and hummed and so they covered him in mud and um and she says, Like uh like all the other tumbling mud balls, Jamie Janie had tried to show her shine. And it's just it's just beautiful. And I was like, Yep, nailed it. It's wonderful. Yeah. I love
0: the parts where um like for example, um Joe Joe makes her wear she has long so Janie's Light skin, mm-hmm. she is. Which is actually another. There's a lot of interesting interplay in the book too. Yeah, we can talk about. Um, that. Um, so she's light skin and she has straighter long, hair. Yeah. straighter hair, and her husband makes her wear a head rag constantly mm-hmm. because he saw another man looking at her hair. Uh-huh. Um, and I loved the part of the book where you know he dies. Um, they have the funeral, and she goes home. Before she slept that night, she burnt up every one of her head rags mm-hmm. and went about the house next morning with her hair in one thick braid, swinging well below her waist. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, you did. <laughs> exactly.
1: <Yeah. laughs> Good job." That wasn't
0: particularly poetic, but I just loved. No, that. it's
1: but it is. You can imagine this. You can imagine mm-hmm. her just kind oh. of coming into herself and being mm-hmm. like, "I don't need. I don't need these things anymore." No, and the part where she.
0: Oh, I wish I would mark the page. The part where she talks about her grandma, like, that she hates her grandma. Like, her grandma, she talks about the horizon. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you have that marked? Yeah, I think I am Because might. that one,
1: that that is amazing. So her grandma, her grandma was raised during... Um, she was born into, into slavery. Yeah. Part. Okay. And so what she wanted was for her... She wanted this for her daughter, too, but it didn't work out. What she wanted for her, for her granddaughter then was to be able to be put on a pedestal, basically, and not have to work and, you know, just kind of be able mm-hmm. to live the life of luxury um, and leisure. And, uh, and that's not what Janie wanted. Mm-hmm. And so she said, um, here Nanny had taken the biggest thing God had ever made, the horizon. Mm-hmm. For no matter how far a person can go, the horizon is still way beyond you. And she pinched it into such a little bit of a thing that she could tie it around her granddaughter's neck, tight enough to choke her. So, oh god, uh huh. That's was like, but it's. Right but you can head. also see what nanny wanted. I mean, as the outsider, mm-hmm. you can see what nanny wanted, and she had just the best intentions. Mm-hmm. But you can't hide Janie's light under a bushel. You no, know, basically. No, no. I no. mean, gotta let it shine. Yeah, so she. She
0: went and sought her
1: horizon, mm-hmm. at and some point. faced a lot of scrutiny for it because she lived. She dared to live her own life in the 30s, which is just wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how
0: dare! But it's um, it's a great book. I'm really glad that I read it. I think I remembered you saying didn't Alice Walker said this mm-hmm. this book was her.
1: It says there is no entry. more important book to me than this one.
0: Mm-hmm. This was her entry into
1: her thinking about writing. Yeah. Um yeah, we've got some background information cuz we were reading two different versions of the book and so there were different intros which I kind of liked. Yeah. Um so I was going to point out a couple things that I had read. Uh, bah, 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 bah. So, um as we said, Zora she wrote and she was not critically accepted she was not accepted by her her Um, other writer peers at the time. Mm. Um, Richard Wright specifically had sort of some anger about her. Mm. Uh, He had said that um, the novel carries no theme, no message, no thought, and uh, exploited those quote-unquote quaint aspects of Negro life that satisfied the taste of a white audience. Um, And I think that that's interesting because we did talk about how The dialogue, the dialect, is kind of what you'd imagine would be written as a parody. Yes, um, but yeah. she was writing it from a place of that's how people spoke. Right. Um, And black women who read this were like, "There's no theme. Like this is about a woman coming into herself, right? And that she doesn't. Why he's like, there's man, yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's no theme. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, the theme is that men. (laughs) Yeah. The theme is that you suck. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) The theme. I know. Yeah. (laughs) So perhaps maybe
0: you're not feeling it the same
1: way I'm feeling it. Yeah. And it wasn't written for men. No. I would. I mean, like it was written for anyone to read, but it was. You know, it seems like a love letter to. Another black woman, yeah, and you um, might hope if
0: a man did read it, he might say, "Ooh, oh. I uh-huh. ooh, she's I've, got some really interesting mm, observations." I've, on... I've done these things, mm-hmm. and I that's not good. Um, yeah, no, I that was a that's a little bit hard for me to take. Is that there's you know which I, you know again there's class issues. Yeah, there are, and that's in, I mean in the book there are class issues where um, what do they say class. To class in, class up, or something class up, yeah. or something like that. Class off, class Maybe off. That's like a, to, like. you right. To be, um, you know, Janie's definitely of a different class mm-hmm. than um, than the rest of the people around her, and you know they've they've packed up and moved to when she runs away with um, Joe Jody Stark, they move to an all black community, mm-hmm. and so. The issues that are happening in that community are, I mean, there's pressure, obviously, from the outside, from, you know, just where they are in the United States as African Americans. But then there's, you know, that sort of class pressure on the inside. Jody sets himself up as the mayor Mm -hmm. and um, and they run a store. And so um, you see that sort of play out when they go to the Everglades. um, Another woman... Mrs. shows Turner. up Mrs. Turner God. who is um very light skinned and has white features and just um I it was shocking to me like I was like what? She I mean she is so I've seen Spike colorist. Lee. I mean, yeah. yeah I was like I know but it just the writing was like wow that's really she was just severe yeah on african americans of, well, of which you know she was. if she was any other you know Yeah. Um, And it was it was a very, um, very good writing, a very good glimpse into self that Mm self-hatred that um, she has. And, you know, there's a part where, um, you know, Janie's trying to sort of Janie's trying to kind of snub her to be like, I don't want to be a part of this conversation. (laughs) I don't want it. And uh, the way Zora explains it was that, um, you know, she was fine with her like treating her. Badly because she thought she deserved it because she wasn't as light Mm skin as Janie was. Yeah, and so that was her place was to be looked down upon by by even comparing
1: light skin to God, like a thing that you worship. You are willing to be, yeah. put down and squashed by that thing yes and you still and it makes you worship it more yeah which that is was so that was that incredible was, writing were you yeah. just looking for that passage because that was uh, really good but. yeah it's uh it's in here it's in here somewhere yeah um insatiate cruelty uh insensate cruelty uh to those you can whip and graveling submission to those you can't um Once having set up her idols and built altars to them, it was inevitable that she would worship there. It was inevitable that she should accept any inconsistency and cruelty from her deity as all good worshipers do from theirs. Mm. so that was man this book is good good yeah (laughs) there's so much and you could see why there's a freaking symposium about it uh because there's just so much to break down this
0: book is good um everybody read
1: it if so if you like me
0: had put off reading this book put it on put it on and then get yourself to the symposium
1: Mm -hmm. do you want to tell me what you'd read about uh some local Connection? Oh, right. So and I,
0: I it was a thing that I had known and then I forgot that I knew it and it came back to me while I was reading the beginning. Um, so I think it's fantastic that we're having the symposium here is that um, Robert E. Hemingway, mm-hmm. the former chancellor of the University of Kansas, uh-huh. um, he wrote a literary biography of Hurston called We Are a People. Um, and so if you are local to us, you know that might be of interest to nice. you. Yeah, that our former chancellor made that, you know, made her his area of study. He was, I believe, he was an English professor before he came. Oh,
1: that's wonderful. Became
0: chancellor, and that was his, yeah, his area of interest. So I thought, oh, but that was a little before you moved
1: here. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I haven't been here long. Mm-mm. Um, well, that what was- do you have? What do I have? Yeah, because remember you had oh, something yeah, secret I you weren't going to tell me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not mm-hmm. local. But, okay, so like we said, she was um, critically kind of torn apart by her peers. And, uh, and since, I mean, she was the most prominent African-American woman writer of that time. And so she didn't really have any like peer peers uh-huh. like other women. Um, so she died and... Uh, she was buried in an unmarked grave, um, and uh, Alice Walker decided to um, to go find her grave and put a marker on it. And she has a personal essay called "Looking for Zora" in Ms. Magazine, and she describes going to Florida um, and searching through waist-high weeds to find what she thought was Zora was Hurston's grave and lay a marker on it. and it's just incredible, especially oh. after you read this. It's like, mm-hmm. how can someone with such a brilliant mind be so unrecognized? Yeah. And that was in um, 71, 72. And then um, by 1975, uh, The Eyes Were Watching God was out of print again. Um, and there was such a demand for it that a petition was circo- circulated at the December 75 convention of the MLA, Modern Language Association Conference, um, to get it back into print. And uh, at a conference on minority literature held at Yale, uh, a f- I love this, the few copies of Their Eyes that were available were circulated for two hours at a time to conference participants, um, yeah. many of whom were reading the novel for the first time. I just, I really love that idea of mm-hmm. being like, you have to read this book. Yeah. Check it out for two hours at this conference because <laughs> you've got nothing else to do at a conference. Right. And then, yeah, and then dive into it. Um and then five, four years later uh, at the MLA convention in 1979, um, there was a, uh, let's see, there were panelists talking about uh, their eyes and a. Um, it was beginning, it says beginning of third wave of critical attention to their eyes took place at this conference. And uh, it says that despite the fact that the session was scheduled on a Sunday morning, the last session of the entire convention, the room was packed and the audience was unusually attentive um, and they were kind of like speaking back and forth um, as if they knew the characters or as if they were kind of embodied by the characters. It's just, yeah, I wish I wish Hurston could sort of see. What's happened I know. since then. Me
0: too. That makes me really, that makes me sad mm-hmm. to know that she died in such poverty. She, and
1: Yeah, she was um, a housekeeper by the end, I think. Yeah. Um, and Bernice McFadden, who's a favorite author of mine, uh, she wrote uh, that book Glorious that has the cover with the feather boa on the, to- uh, right? on the front uh-huh. that looks like an intestine. Uh,
0: Intestines make another
1: appearance yeah, in the, the podcast. podcast. yeah. Uh, the intestinal issue. <laughs> um, but so glorious is basically a, a parallel story to Zora Neale Hurston, and it's this woman who is just brilliant and writes and writes and writes and becomes obsessed with a novel that she can't finish, and then um, faces such criticism that she ends up becoming a housekeeper and dying impoverished. And so, um, so so glorious is a nice like a fictional parallel to the story.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's kind
1: of ending on a long note
0: with that. Yeah. It's just sad. Or angry. It makes me angry. I know.
1: i okay. got a lot of feels. All right. Well, that was "Their As We're Watching God by Daniel yes. Neale Hurston. You should read it. And you'll have a lot of feels.
0: Read it. Listen to it. Mm-hmm. Absorb it. Do it all. Love it. Yes. Okay. So now we can't always be reading. We better make that short so yeah. that we can get to all the stuff we got going on in town. I will go fast. I am, I am so excited because I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> our library, you can request to purchase something mm-hmm. and our collection department will take a look at it and see if it's something that we should purchase. Well, there, we used to have a copy of the Black Stallion, <laughs> the 19th. Oh Sorry. my God, you just slapped at me. <laughs> you guys, I'm, not, she I'm is
1: not Black Stallion shaming you. <laughs>
0: oh, yes, you are. I just don't know horse movies. You are coming to my house and you're going to watch it with me. <laughs> oh my God. So... This movie in 1979, Francis Ford Coppola, it it holds up. Yeah. It's it's so good. But you have to know you I love mean, horses. I loved horses. I was a horse girl. <laughs> so in 1979, I was five years old uh-huh. and I was this movie was my dream. I mean Aww. he gets shipwrecked on an island and he and this black stallion are the only survivors. And it's oh, frolicking nice. through turquoise water oh, and him, so like, nice. getting, you know, like, he sort of figures out how to, like, manage this horse. And then there's friends. a scene where he's, like, on the back of the horse holding on, like, and they're just flying and the sand's flying up and the water's just in the – oh, my God. you got to sing this movie. It's so good. That sounds And lovely. then he brings him home and then he has to, like – the black, that's what he calls him. He has to learn how to The Stallion, mm-hmm. that's what he calls him. Yeah. Okay. That's he has to I mean his name is the Black Stallion, so uh-huh. he calls him the black. And he has to learn how to um be a city horse and then he be then he then he races him. He want to be a city I horse. know, and then he races him.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh this movie. And the soundtrack is amazing. The soundtrack is so good.
1: I'm just gonna imagine Did I say soundtracked? Yes, I don't even know what that is. Tract. That's because it's the intestinal tract, and this yeah. is the intestinal issue. It's is the intestinal soundtrack. <laughs> uh, Go. If there was a movie mm-hmm. like that, but with a cat, I think I would have been totally down <laughs> as a child.
0: Oh, what sad. you have to do is you have
1: to. I apologize. To carry the cat in the turquoise waters. <laughs> oh, God. I apologize. Ch- chase string and Ooh. use the beach as its litter box. That would be... All right, I'm writing that movie. I get you. All right. I, also... <laughs> okay. I, made, I made you cry. It's <laughs> so your turn. So besides dreaming up a movie like <laughs> the black cat, uh, <laughs> last week, Lawrence <laughs> Beer Company had a grand opening um, party with... <laughs> oh, you're crying. I am. I am. Lawrence Beer Co. had a grand opening... Uh, Last Friday, which was the 25th, and uh, the Mighty Mighty Boston's played, and uh, the crowd was enormous. It was in the downtown arts district, is that what we're calling it? I think so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, East Lawrence. Lawrence, Yes, East Mm -hmm. East Lawrence Warehouse Arts Blah 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 District. Um, Mm -hmm. And the crowd was amazing, and we had uh, a nice table for the library, um, and we talked to people and gave out book recommendations and stuff. Based on the kind of beer you like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, and one thing I wanted to mention that it was a we've had this for a couple of months maybe now but this was the first time I got to see it. Uh, Angela in accounts had um, a laptop and uh, she was able to sign people up for library cards right there. And it was so cool because usually we could do it where you can fill out the form and then you got to go into the accounts desk you know and bring your mm-hmm. ID and then Um, And then get your card. But this was, she was just, someone's holding a beer and they're like, I don't have a library card. And so... She got their ID, typed it in, you know, scan the card, and then boom, you're at a beer fest and you have a library card. I just thought that that was the coolest That's thing. That's amazing. P.S. Our libraries, it's just great. It's the yeah. best. It's I mean,
0: so- the mighty mighty Bostones I know. And, and a library, library card. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> what, what more could you need? Yeah. You.
0: It, yeah. I, it, that is amazing. So I, I, if I were you, and you're listening and you uh-huh. don't have a library card, make sure that you have some form of ID on you that has at all times that has your in <laughs> your, uh, a way to verify your current address yeah. and
1: because and we we you be never anywhere. know you Just never know where we checkers. are going to be mm-hmm. we could be anywhere
0: mm-hmm. we could be anywhere in this city
1: be your fist. getting ready mm-hmm. to give you a and library you card, card. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: so, so tell your
1: friends yeah tell your friends keep your ready. ID on you it's uh-huh. a good policy anyway yeah <laughs> that uh, is a good policy yeah. well so what else is uh going around in um, town <clears> Well, so um, if you don't know, Claudia Rankine,
0: um, the author of Citizen and other things, but Citizen is actually the KU common book this year. So Mm -hmm. if you don't know what that is, um, the University of Kansas has all incoming freshmen read the same book and attend conversations and there are um, other activities Mm -hmm. surrounding that book. And so um, she will be here in town on, on September seventh. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And we will again put the info in the show notes. Um, I believe it's probably at seven p.m. because everything That's starts most at seven are. p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so you should definitely come see that because that book is that book is awesome. Oh yeah, it's that book is amazing. Intense. And
1: mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to to hear her speak. I've heard that it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, um, that's happening. Yeah. And uh, like we mentioned, the Black Love Symposium is um, going on mid-month. Um, the panel activities, kind of like the conference part, is September 14th through 16th. It's free. Um, but the symposium is um, has various events that are going on through, from the 11th through the 18th of September. Um, and you can go to bls.ku.edu. Um, to find out more information, there's a schedule. There's information about the speakers. They're bringing in just amazing people. Um, and on September 18th, which I believe is a Monday, um, there's a marathon reading of the book that's taking place across town. And I think the library is one of the sites for that. So hit up the website, bls.ku.edu, for more info.
0: Okay. Another thing coming up, um, we are partnering with the, um, the Emily Taylor Women's Resource. I oh, always get that. Uh huh. I apologize because I love that place, but the Emily Taylor Women's Resource Center. I think it's something like that. Um, they are having a feminism and sci-fi forum cool. um, this, at this. So on Tuesday, September nineteenth, at six p.m. Um, will be the first one and Kij Johnson Mm -hmm. who is um, a professor at KU and an author of amazing um, sci-fi will be the first person talking it will be at the Jayhawk Inc lounge which is um, in the Jayhawk bookstore uh, up on campus and so there will be a series of other um, one coming up in October one coming up in November Mm -hmm. so um you should attend those. They'll be great. And then I think in the spring there will be more and there's a possibility that those might move off campus and, and maybe move here to the library. Cool. So, that Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've got really good resources for this in the community.
1: So definitely check that out. You can learn more information at the um, Emily Taylor Center's Facebook page and mm-hmm. we'll link that in the show notes also. Yeah, there'll be an event mm-hmm. page. Yeah, they've got events for the next few mm-hmm. meetings, which is nice. Yes. Um, and then George Saunders is coming October tenth. You didn't hear that? I know. I know. Yeah, maybe A you missed guy. it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited for that. I can't wait for him to sign my copy of Lincoln. And the I Ardo know. And yeah, and talk about Bevins. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if he will. Did Meredith get her Bevins tattoo? What? Yeah. So. Uh, Meredith and I, another book squatter um, who was mentioned earlier in uh-huh. the podcast, we love the character Bevins. Like we so love him. We're in the Bevins fan club. Uh-huh. And she was going to get a tattoo. Was it of that line that of, you mm-hmm. – oh, man. Of a portion of a line. It might have been one, the one I read in the previous mm-hmm. – um, I think it actually was the line that I read in the previous podcast. Um, I don't think she's getting it because I read that line. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to pretend like mm-hmm. she's – um, but yeah, no, it's, it's that good. Oh, I
1: love it. Nice. Credit. Okay. 11th. I know. I That's, that's on my giant oh, pile of reads. Get it. Um, and also oh. Bambook trading cards, mm-hmm. uh, submissions are due on the 5th. Um, so that's going to be, that's coming up right up here. Uh, but then the, um, the end of September is the band book trading card reveal. And so if you're not, in, if you're not, um, already acquainted with this. Uh, local artists of all ages um, make up their own creative interpretation of a book cover of a book that's been banned or challenged. Uh, and then a panel of judges selects their seven favorites. And they're printed up into these little trading cards, which is really cool. And uh, given out one card per day for a banned book week. And um, and we have um, a awesome... Surprise guest who's going to be doing uh, the uh, band book trading card reveal. You so, do? yes, I don't even know. Who I this know is. Mm. posters will be coming, you'll have to stay tuned. Oh, it be great. Keep secrets from me. I'm so sorry. Mm. Okay, yep.
0: and last but not least, if you are around town and you are participating in the squad goals uh, reading challenge, we will be. Um, It'll be going up here in another couple of days. Uh, Microhistory is this month's. Mm-hmm. I love a micro history. Mm-hmm. I love them. I don't like a macro. No. Really more micro. But micro is awesome. If you want to know everything there is to know about salt, oh, right? there That's is a micro history for that. You want to know every single thing there is to know about a hot dog?
1: Who doesn't? I, no, actually, I don't think I, I do. Know.
0: Actually, okay, we'll skip <laughs> yeah. that one. Sorry, strike that, reverse it. I love but there are some really good, about cod, was it Mark Kurlansky? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has, oh. yeah, he's got a bunch. Yeah, he's, he's a, he's a microhistory badass. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you're interested, uh, you can swing by and pick up a microhistory if you're trying to complete your squad goals um, mm-hmm. reading challenge. And if you haven't gotten started yet, there's plenty of time. Yeah, You can go on the LPL website and you can print out a copy
1: mm-hmm.
0: of the squad goals challenge. And
1: there's a there's a good chance you probably have read some things on the challenge mm-hmm. that you can – backlog into uh, it, so. is that legal yeah, guess, yeah as long as you've read it this year Um, okay I think so alright because we don't want to punish the I'll give you a pass the on the people yeah. who have not heard about it yet that's true Yeah, where you been I know it's been on the podcast <laughs> several times <laughs> um, uh, yeah so that's
0: that's what's going cool. on that's what's going on alright well happy reading happy reading that's it for this edition of the book squad podcast For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit our website, lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Please rate or comment. It helps others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Ken and Kate Gramlich. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Jim Barnes, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.